Hi, this is Jared from Celtic Down Under with another Tim Talk podcast. Today we are talking with Chloe, aka the Five Foot Fenian. How are you going? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, as we we're just talking off air, we're having a doing a Tim Talk podcast, which is just have a chat to different fans. I'm seeing on Twitter, Facebook, around the traps. Just to see how you're going with, uh, you know, there being no football at the moment. Just talk some Celtic because everyone's missing the football. So, yeah, thanks the, for uh, taking the time to have a chat with me, Chloe. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No problem. So, we'll start off with the very basics. So, how did you become a Celtic fan? Um, well, my dad's a Celtic fan. Um, so, my dad's side are all... Irish and Celtic fans um, and my mum's side are all the complete opposite, Protestant and Rangers, so obviously chose the better option as soon as I was born. You landed on the right side that's what we like. Yeah um, but I think that's quite common though like for people to support who their dad supports, isn't it? So. Yeah, well for me it was um, yeah, I've mentioned on previous podcasts it was, well my being all the way over here in Australia it was a bit different so it's um, mm-hmm. through my granddad and their side, but yeah, it's yeah. Um, same sort of story through that sort of thing, and yeah, it's a great club to be a part of. Doesn't matter where you are in the world, we're all one great big Celtic family. So yeah. yeah. So how are you going with the uh, season break and shutdown, and how badly are you missing the football? Missing it a lot, like just really bored, and I don't know. I feel like for me and for Celtic fans everywhere it would be like something to look forward to like during the week you're at work or you're at uni or wherever and like knowing you've got a game that weekend or that Wednesday night or whatever it's something to look forward to um, and obviously we don't have that just now but um, my uncle was on the phone to me yesterday and he was like oh are you missing the football and I was like so much so I think everyone knows I'm missing it yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only one uh, plenty of us are missing it it's um it's one of those things, as you said. It's you know you you work, and to me, it's the escapism in that. Yeah, you definitely. Look, you can look at it and go, okay, for that ninety minutes on a Wednesday, Thursday, and that ninety minutes on a weekend, we can switch off from whatever else yeah. we've going on in our own lives and be part of something yeah. that's bigger than us and that's been definitely. around a lot longer than we've been on the planet. So it's uh yeah yeah it's a great thing, but I don't know life's and what's going on in the world at the moment is more important than football, but yeah, it still doesn't stop us missing that and having something to fill that void. I can't wait till it's back. I can't wait to be able to just leave the house. So to be able to leave the house for a Celtic game, I'm just buzzing for it. How long have you been locked down for? Um, Like a few weeks now. Three or four weeks, I think. Um, And we've got another three, according to the news but I, I don't know I think it'll take more than that longer than that and the restrictions pretty hard like you can what can you can't you do over there at the moment um yeah like I think like last week or the week before it was like you know you could go out for your daily hour your exercise and things um and like go to the shop and whatever but now it's like only be going to the shop if it's absolutely essential you know if you're just at the shop to buy a bottle of wine like someone my mum knows I think got fined because she just went to the shop for a bottle of wine um it needs to be like really essential food or and I think as well I heard Nicola Sturgeon on the telly the other day she was saying like if it's possible to exercise indoors and exercise indoors as well so they're they're really like 
being quite harsh about it. Um, and we've got horses as well, so some of them are, are in like fields dotted around like my house, and it's like a wee two minute drive away. So me and my dad would be going to check the horses. Another day we seen like the police pulling o- pulling someone over, and like obviously if that car wasn't there, then they would have pulled us over as well. So yeah, it's getting quite strict. Uh, at least it's um it's for a reason but yeah that's uh especially with your horses like that's that is intense like that's like yeah. me i've got a dog and i'm allowed to take him out for one walk a day so for us over mm-hmm. here but it's nowhere near as bad over here as it is in the uk so stay safe yeah. everyone over there listening to this podcast and same to yourself there and all your family and friends and everything yeah you too all right so with the football so far this season what's your review of it like who has surprised you the most who has underperformed in your opinion and who's been your top performers so far now this can be players opposition teams whatever but yeah, I just want to hear mm-hmm. what your thoughts are on the season okay I don't want to what if it, what if my opinions are a bit controversial or something I don't want to ruffle any feathers here hey, um, doesn't matter go for it this is a safe zone well I mean, anyone who knows me know that, knows that my favourite is Callum McGregor, so I'm going to say that he's been fantastic because I always think he is. <laughs> um, I think I think Scott Brown has really proved himself as well because I think like a lot of people were saying, you know, oh that's him finished, like sort of like writing him off before he was finished, um, which I didn't like because I didn't agree with that at the time. So I think. I, I think he's proved everyone wrong, basically, and showed that he's nowhere near done and he's just as good as he always has been. Um, so, yeah, and I think he's, like, a really key part of the team as well. Like, I feel like if he's not playing, then I miss him. Like, I'm sure everyone else does as well. Like, you notice it. Um, he'll be, like, a hard player to replace, I feel like. Um, I can't think who I feel has underperformed. I'm not sure. Well, what you're saying about Bruni there, it's like, yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. It's one of them ones where he was rumoured to come to a club down here in Australia, down in Melbourne, Western United. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember and, that, yeah. And I'm like, as a Celtic fan, I was like, as much as I'd love to have you here so I could see you play and all that sort of stuff, I'm like, no, we still need him. Get the 10. <laughs> like, yeah. he's, he's going to be hard to replace, as you just said. So... Mm-hmm. That's spot on. But then if he doesn't play, Cal Mack plays well in, the, in that number six role as well. So yeah. they're completely different sort of number sixes, but they both do a great job there. Now, do you know who surprised me, actually? Jeremy Frimpong. I quite like him. I, was I, s- I think he I think he tries. Like, he tries. Like, he puts the effort in. Like, you can see him running, like, chasing the ball constant, like... I feel like some players don't do that. You know, it can be a little bit lazy when it comes to that. But I don't know. He's he's impressed me a wee bit. Him. Yeah, very impressive. He's um full of beans. That kid. He's up and down the up and down the sideline, and just yeah. what a personality. It's great to have that around the club. Um, yeah. Another one who surprised me was El Hamed before he got injured. Oh yeah, I met him actually in Glasgow. Um, one day I was like I was shopping with my mum and. We got to like the corner of like Buchanan Street, and it was actually his girlfriend that I recognised because I follow her on Instagram. Um, 
so like I, I basically walked right into this woman and I was like oh my god like I recognised her I was like is that Elhamed's girlfriend so but by that time they had like walked past me so they had their backs to me and I was like mum stop we're not going to any more shops we need to we need to follow them and find out if that's him because if, I was like I want a picture yeah um so we walked we actually walked pa- um, back down like Argyle Street and we walked past the Celtic shop and my mum basically was like nah that's not him because they didn't even look at the Celtic shop like didn't blink an eyelid so my mum was from behind my mum was like nah that can't be him like he's not bothered about the Celtic shop and I was like no no like I think it might be like I, I definitely recognise that woman so we got to like Pizza Hut and they crossed the road before us and they went into Pizza Hut and like had a meal and stuff and I was like oh damn it like I've missed my chance and my mum was like, oh, why don't you just go in and ask and stuff? And I was like, you can't you can't do that, like, when people are sitting, like, eating. Um, so, like, we went into another few shops and whatever. And then I was like, oh, come on, we'll just, we'll, we'll just walk past Pizza Hut and see if they've came out or whatever. And just at that, they came out. And I was like, oh, excuse me, can I have a wee picture and stuff? Um, and, yeah, he was, at, he was really nice. Because it, it wasn't just me who noticed them. There was a couple of other fans who seen me getting a picture and were like, oh, like, and came over. So, and he was really nice. So, yeah, I do, I do like him. The funny part of that story for me is, is a great story in general, but the funny part was your mum going, oh, that can't be him. He didn't even look at the Celtic shop. Yeah, no, uh, I know. Yeah, and he, they didn't as well. And I kind of thought when my mum said that, I was like, yeah, maybe she's right. Because, like, you know, there's a big, huge, blown up picture of, like, the team in that, but don't know must have just been busy i'll look at it and go why would he want to even look at the shop when he can get all the stuff he needs celtic related yeah, from the club from his employees so it makes perfect sense that he wouldn't look at it yeah oh, that's that's a good one there but with the underperformers i'm just i'll rattle off a few that i've i've seen online and everything oh, just pick your brain you have, yeah. oh the ones you see online i just want to pick your brain on it because okay, you're okay. over there when it where it's all happening i'm all the way over here on the other side of the world so yeah. As an Australian, apparently Tom Rogic has been underperforming. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't really. He's not really been given the chance to perform. I would say like he's he's not played that much. Do you know, he'll he'll, cut, he'll come on as a sub or something, and you know, he doesn't really have the time to do much. But I'd, I'm not sure. Yeah, I would, I would I would probably agree with that though. To be honest, yeah. Considering what he is capable of and we all know he's capable of yes he has underperformed but i mm. honestly don't think he's a neil lennon type of player like when the okay. when, when rogers was a manager he mm-hmm. here's the sort of way when you got a lot of possession he's got time on the ball he's like that yeah. Royce of a player you get the ball to him and he'll make something happen but mm-hmm. lenny's all about in that 10 he wants guys like Christie there and even Ollerton and cham and those sort of guys who will go out and press and just a bit, do a bit more of the graft and work hard. And Rogic isn't that way inclined as a player, so yeah, that's my take on it. It's um, mm-hmm. but yeah, other ones that underperformed. Like honestly, I don't think there's been too many of them. Yeah, see, um, that's why I can't think of any. I think the only one who I reckon underperformed was. Before we brought in Four Star, Bain underperformed mm-hmm. considering what he could do. That's the only one I can think of, but that's just me being picky. That one surprises me a wee bit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought of that. Just because Four Star's know, been I... that good <laughs> and Bain yeah, was a well, bit hit and miss before we brought Four Star in. I know, in but I, I think, though, for a lot of people, Bain was a lot more 
reliable, would you say, than like Gordon. So I think, but yeah, compared to Forster, he's yeah, there's you know it's he's better. But I don't know. I think I think Bain done quite well when he was when he took over from Gordon. Yeah, Bain did well, and I rated him. I'm just mm-hmm. for me, I'm not sure if he's gonna be a long term number one option or if he's gonna be a career second string keeper because as a second string keeper if you've got Forster full time in goal Bain mm. is a great mm-hmm. option to have in case Forster misses a game but in terms yeah. of actually being the number one week in week out mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's my take on it well I don't know I disagree I, th- I think he's I think he is good I think he's reliable I think he's not afraid to like try something different with the ball when, when he's putting the ball back out to the players and I don't know he's just less of a risk than Gordon I would say like I, Gordon's good but I don't know there was a lot of times like especially in like really important games like you know you're you're in the last 20 10 minutes even and like he's just taking his time or he's like kicking out a, a silly ball and sometimes when he's yeah, going to save things. It's he's a wee bit risky, and I don't like it. But yeah, so I prefer Bain. But for me, obviously Forster. Like when he came back, I was so excited because I remember like when I was a wee girl, he was the goalkeeper at the time, um, and I loved him. So I'm happy that we've got him back. Yeah, can't argue with what you're saying, with especially compared to Gordon. Like you don't really want to get me talking about Craig Gordon, so. Um... <laughs> Yeah, not a fan at all, but no. Yeah, the only good thing Gordon did, in my opinion, recently was when Rogic scored for the Invincible treble. That photo mm-hmm. when he's on his knees—that's the only good thing I can say about Gordon. Yeah, that photo was a belter. All right, so moving along, who would you say would be your player of the season, and why? Oh, that's a hard one. Because you mentioned your love of Calmac earlier, but then yeah. you can't really like you look at it and go Calmac's played well, but then you got Eddie, you've got Christie, you've got Jamesy as usual, you've got a whole bunch of other guys there, so it's going to be a tough one for you. So I know I don't know. I feel like I would say Brown or McGregor though, but I feel like um obviously Edwards like I cut above the rest, isn't he? And yeah, he's he's performed well. Um, yeah, I would um, say that's like my top three. That's okay. I'd I'd be happy with that because giving you an out if you want to really name your name your mate Kelmack or Bruni there. Well, then who'd be your <laughs> young, who'd be your young player of the season then and why? Because young player of the season's what under twenty one or under twenty three or something like that. So yeah. Oh, I actually voted for this the other day on like um, the Celtic. I'm sure I voted for Odson Edward for that though, because he was in the young yeah, player of the year and the player of the year, wasn't he? Yeah. He qualifies. That's why I'm giving you an out there if you want to go for yeah. Brody or McGregor. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that then. There you go. All right. So the controversial question: with the season the way it is on hold at the moment, and with what's mm-hmm. going on with the other lower leagues, with They've crowning champions based on the current league table. What yeah. do you think should be done? Should we wait and play out the season so there's no potential 
the Huns across the city going, oh, as an asterisk, that's only eight and a half or whatever, or should we mm-hmm. just bait, call it based on the um, the league season, the league table, how it currently is? I mean, I think, like, either way, it doesn't really matter, like, to be honest, does it? But I, I think, you know, if it's possible to have the games played, then by all means, like, do that, because obviously everyone's missing the football and stuff, but I don't know if that would be possible, you know, if this lockdown and things continues. Like, no one really knows when it's going to end. So I think, yeah, the the logical thing to do would be to, you know, hand the title to whoever's at the top, which is us, obviously. And, I mean, I don't know why, you know, Rangers fans and stuff would be like, oh, you know, it doesn't count in that because, like, even if what's happening in the world at the moment wasn't happening, like, they still wouldn't win it. So... I agree with you on that, and not for the reason that you'd think. At the end of the day, it was closer over Christmas, and then yeah. we've gone on a run of form. They've had a bit of a uh, stumble here and there, and we've blown mm-hmm. the margin out to 13 points. Okay, they've got a game in hand, and we have to play them twice. But they're basically, for them to overrun us, They we have to lose five of our remaining eight, seven or eight games or whatever it is. Yeah. And they have to win everything. Their longest winning streak for the season was like three games. Our, we've only lost, mm-hmm. what is it, three or four games for the season. So I don't really yeah, see sure. them on the overall yeah. count. Yeah, like, same. Like, it doesn't up. really seem yeah. realistic, does it? Yeah, exactly. So, like, if it was the other way around, they're on top, they blew out a margin, yeah, then... and we got where it was. For the exact same reasons that I just said there, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be upset if it was. Yeah, no, same because. It, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, I, th- I I don't know, I think that's fair. And I just think if it was them at the top, they wouldn't be crying about it if they were in that situation. So, On a positive, though, with the banter years, I'm just hanging out for the next statement to come out, though. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Always a laugh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so how do you think our recruitment has been over the last 12 to 18 months? And what areas of the squad do you think we need to strengthen for the next season? Um, I feel like Celtic's weakest point, I would say, is defending. I don't know. Am I, would everyone agree with that? I'm not sure. But, yeah, so I think that is what we would need to strengthen on. Because, I mean, even if we do have good defenders, like sometimes we just don't seem to be good at defending, if you know what I mean. Um, I say whoever trains up our, def- our centre backs is like runs them through a Bermuda Triangle or something because it doesn't matter who they are whether it's Effie Ambrose near Bitton when he plays there if it's Jozo if it's uh, Boyardo when he left if it's Colo Torre yeah. they, there's always just a random bomb scare in there from some player <laughs> and it's just like yeah. you're good quality players why do you make these mistakes so yes yeah. yeah, so I agree with you on that particularly centre-back, I think we need another one. Yeah, at the same time, though, with what you're saying there about, you know, them making mistakes and stuff, I do think any footballer who plays in that position is, you know, subject to, like, criticism in that because it's their mistakes that you notice because, obviously, their mistakes a lot of the time can end up being, like, an opposition goal or something or, you know, a, a corner or like a free kick given away, whatever it is. So I, th- I think it's obviously they, they have like a hard, not a harder job to do, but 
they'll they'll come across like more criticism just because it's their it's their mistakes and stuff that we are like relying on not happening type thing. Great point there. Another thing on like going off what you just said is because we have so much of the ball as well, mm-hmm. our defenders it'd be so easy as a centre back to switch off for half a second or to be out of position one step out of position here or go for a run to push forward like Aya likes to do and then doesn't recover in time and then it plays someone on side. So it would be so easy to do that. So, yeah, yeah, it's just um, the flow on effect of the way we, the amount of the ball we have and the way we play. Yeah. It's, uh, mm-hmm. You put all that together and it probably does make it a bit harder for them. Yeah. The one that's confused me with the recruitment is we spent how much money on left backs last off season. We bring in Greg Taylor who is a good yeah. quality left back, but we tend mm-hmm. to only play him when we're playing with a back three and play him as a wing back. But then we also brought in Bolongoli, who is a legitimate yeah. wing back, and we only played him earlier in the season when he was playing as left back. So that's a strange one for me as well. With yeah, recruiting. that was strange. I, I think a lot of people noticed that as well, that Bolongoli wasn't you know, playing where we thought he would be. Um, but I don't know, like... In terms of like recruitment, who who has who else has there? There's Klamala as well, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I quite like him, but he's he's not really played much, has he? But I don't know. I've just whenever I've been at like away games and things, I've seen him like um, you know, on on the sidelines like warming up and stuff. And I don't know. Whenever he did play, I thought he looked decent, but I feel like we haven't seen enough of them. There's some players that when you see them warming up and you just see them, they just got that that uh, wow factor about them or that yeah, that, that's drawn to them. And Klamala, yeah, that's yeah. If you compare Klamala and Bayo, and you look at mm-hmm. my ongoing joke is Bayo is like looks like to me he he moves like a baby giraffe, you know, where they get up and they all wobble legs, <laughs> they look steady on their feet, and then you get yeah. him in that six yard box and he suddenly does something. But mm-hmm. everywhere else on the pitch, he just I don't know, he just looks strange on the eyes, but at least Klamala, he looks like, okay, he knows what his strengths are, he knows what he's got to do, but he just hasn't had a yeah. running game because he's got Edward and Griffith in great form in front of him. Mm-hmm. That is someone that we didn't touch on, actually, when I, when we were talking about, you know, like, who's performed and underperformed and things, and for me, like, Griffiths is always overperforming. I think I, I do rate him a lot. And I think, you know, a lot of people were sort of writing him off as well, um, you know, because he had to take some time out and things for whatever reason. But I don't know. I just I, I think obviously when you've got Edward there, people will tend to gravitate towards him for, you know, their first choice for a striker and things. But I don't know. I don't I don't think putting Griffiths on the back burner is like a good option because he, he always does something like see, see when he comes on the park, whether it's. You know, at the beginning of a game, which is unusual these days, or he comes on as a substitute. Like, I do think he tries his best, and even in the time that he's given, which is usually what ten, twenty minutes or something, he he does try his best to to get a goal or to create chances and things. And yeah, I, I just rate him a lot. I think he's great. Yeah, Griffiths is a player that brings a lot to the team. That... Not just in terms of his goal-scoring ability, but his link-up play with Eddie has really improved as well as the season's gone on. They've played together, but 
what he brings mm-hmm. to us is quality delivery from a corner and a set piece. Yeah. Because, like, if you look at it, you got Christie taking corners, no disrespect to him, but he struggles to beat the man at the, at the front post the majority of the time off a corner. Mm-hmm. And then you get Griffiths come on and bang, he's just dropping the ball right on top of guys' foreheads. It's unbelievable, just the difference. Yeah. But, like, don't you think, though, that, like, see, when a corner's been taken, don't you think that the striker should be in the box? Is that is that wrong or is that just me? I don't know. If you're playing two up front, so if yeah. you've got, if you've got right, Edward okay, on, yeah. it makes sense. If he's a lone striker, probably not. It depends yeah, on okay. your formation. I, ju- I just do always wonder why Griffiths is taking the corners, but as you said, like, if someone does something well, then, you know, why change it? Plus, we look at the size. We've got six foot six and a six foot five centre backs who are good in the air. Like, you can yeah. you can throw them forward as your target men, and you look at your mm-hmm. Rooney drops back to plate centre back until they recover after it anyway. So, yeah, um, it works. Whatever works for us. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy with Griff back in the squad as well. Yeah, same. A rumor that's come out in the last couple of days for recruitment is Mr. PR7 Paddy Roberts for £3 million back to the club. Oh, my goodness. What are you Do not thoughts? get me excited. I would be buzzing, like... Oh, yeah. Like, see... See, like, I just love him. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it for I you so him. you don't sound like a creep or whatever. He's a good-looking player. <laughs> he's got he's good yes. on that eye in terms of what he does on the field. I mean, me. like, aside from that, yeah, he's, uh-huh, he's he's great. I like him, but I don't know. I feel like if he needs to come back, then it would feel weird not having Tierney there as well. Like, I feel like they would have a duel. Do you know what I mean? The bromance, yep. We need the bromance. Yeah, that, that would be missed, do you know? So. The thing for me with him coming back is, okay, Forrest hasn't really had anyone challenging him for that right wing position. So when you had Roberts was there... That's when Forrest mm-hmm. was playing at his best. Now, is that yeah. us planning saying, well, we're not going to be able to get Al- keep Alanusi next season, so we're going to move Forrest to the left and play Roberts right? Because if that's what they're looking at, that is great mm-hmm. forward planning. But yeah. I don't want to get my excitement levels up either until it's done. <laughs> I know, yeah, same. I don't know. I feel I think he'd love to come back, though. I, d- I don't think he wanted to leave, did he? No, and he hasn't really... No, um, but- hasn't kicked on anywhere else either. Like, he's gone to yeah, Spain, he's not, hasn't he, done much. He's gone to Premier League. He's not really done much, yeah. Didn't do much. Went down to the championship in with Middlesbrough. Did a little bit and then, yeah, had some injuries. So, bring him home. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Then we'll have two Paddy boys in the squad. We'll have Polish Paddy and then Paddy. Oh, yeah, that could be the new duo. There's the new bromance. We've just found it. We've just done it right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Celtic away in Europe. I know you've been yeah. to a few of those games. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you want to tell us about any stories that you've had from any trips you've been to? Um, I mean, my, mo- my most eventful and my, my fa- actually my favourite trip was the most recent one there to Copenhagen. That was my favourite. A lot of stuff happened on that trip and it was just great. Whereas... Whenever I've been, I've only been to uh, Munich and Rome. And, like, for them, well, first of all, for Munich, I didn't actually get to the game. Like, we didn't have a ticket. Um, and for Rome as well, I was lit- I was literally there, day of the game, and, like, flew back in the early hours of the next morning. So I, I didn't even get to see, 
you know, anything, didn't get to spend time in the city or anything like that, um, or like really experience like the atmosphere before the game and things. Um, so yeah, I would say that Copenhagen was definitely my favourite because I was there for you know three or four days, I think it was a few days, um, and I was there with my friends as well. Like so, it wasn't it wasn't like family and stuff like that. It was just me and my friends, and yeah, it was great. So I think that one was my favourite. Yeah, that was the uh, the trip where I first messaged you about anything when I. Saw the, the the shit you were copying online and everything. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's uh, but that was a good game. Uh, love the way you responded to everything. You kept your chin up and got on with it. So yeah, good job. I know, yeah. Love those green shoes, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, like, see, see, before I, I literally just bought them because they were bright green, like. And obviously green's my favourite colour. Anyone who knows me knows that. But before I bought them, I seen, you know, other people wearing, like, the white ones or the black ones and things. And I just thought, like, the trainers are not nice. Like, they're big, they're clumpy, whatever. And then when I seen the green ones, I was like, no, do you know what? I, I need to have them. So, and obviously, it was a, a mixed review, I would say, that I got. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I love them and I want them in all all colours now. So That's good. So with the Copenhagen game, what was your, your favourite part of the trip? Was it just because you said you were over there for a few days, was it the pre-game at the pubs or was it the actual game or was it um, having the sing-song afterwards or what would it, what was it that made it so much, so enjoyable? I mean, I would I would say obviously the game itself, like having that to look forward to, you know, when we, we landed, we had a couple of days before the game. Um, so having that to look forward to... Um, it just it just really gave us like a bit of an extra buzz than just you know being there to experience like the atmosphere and things um and yeah like i feel like at at the game as well like obviously that was after everything that happened on twitter and things um and i was wearing the shoes that night for the game and yeah like the boys who were in the row behind me and stuff were like oh my god like is that are you from Twitter and things and they were being really lovely so so like I feel like I met a lot of like friends on that on that trip um and that hasn't really happened before on other trips you know it's just you go you meet people in that but like it doesn't really turn into a friendship or anything like that but I do feel like I met a lot of friends on that trip and yeah it was just great so I would say like the game itself was was the highlight because I met a few people there and yeah, it was just fun. Like I was at the game with my friend um, and her boyfriend and my other friends as well. And it was just, it was just a good time. That's what we like, getting everyone getting around it, supporting the team, having fun. So uh, that's the best part. So cool. So we'll go to one that might stump you a little bit. Who would be your all-time favourite Celtic player and why? You can give me a top three if you don't want to leave anyone out. But Okay, I'm obviously going to say Henrik Larsson for obvious reasons. Yep. Um, yep. But I feel like, obviously, I was I was only really little when he was still at Celtic and things. So my love for him is based on like hearing stories about him from my dad, from my granddad. And, you know, watching old games back, um, like recently they've been getting played on BBC Scotland. Um, 
just you know wait I think well the football's off they've just been playing a few like old matches and things um and just like watching clips on YouTube and stuff of them um another one that I loved when I was we was Nakamura I don't know I just loved him when I was a wee girl like he was my favorite um, explain that to me still doing um, it to this day unbelievable yeah and I feel like I'm going dead old school here but another one of my favorites when I was really wee was Bobo Baldi <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if it was maybe just the name when I was a wee girl I was like oh like but yeah those were like my three favorite when I was little and yeah would still be favorites of mine today but oh there's so many like there's so many old Celtic players that I love like Sutton, Hartson like I follow them on Twitter I love them um right, yeah so just so rolling on from that then, so who would be your top five Celtic players that you've actually seen play during your lifetime? Um, okay, so like I feel like when I'm older, if my kids ask me who my favourites were, I, I feel like Scott Brown would definitely be in there because I, I do I do think he'll go down as a legend himself. Um, you know, he's just like a really important part of the team and things. Um. Who else? Oh, Dembele for me, definitely. I loved him. Um, I'm going to say Kieran Tierney as well because I loved him like everybody else when he was there. He was, you know, a Celtic fan first and foremost. And I think that's why a lot of the fans loved him, as did I, as do I still. Um, I, I think Edward as well will, will end up I hope he stays for a wee bit longer, but um, yeah, he'll he'll be one of my favourites too. How many is that? I've said four. That's four, yeah. Um, and obviously my man Callum McGregor. What a what a five-a-side team. No goalkeeper. <laughs> they'll, just go, they'll just go out there and score like twenty I goals, know. and that's how it'll do it. About yeah. the Real Madrid side of the and the old Galactico era, just go out and outscore you. That's what that team would be. Yeah, if I was to pick a goalkeeper, I'd, I'd pick Forster just because when I was little, he was our goalkeeper at the time. Um, so yeah. It's funny when you when I ask that question because it always gives away like the, the age or the group of when you first started following <laughs> the club because, like, you've got that. But then for me, like, I was the unfortunate one of when I started watching games and everything. It was. In the 90s when we weren't winning a lot. So. Yeah, that's that's the same as my dad as well. Like my dad sometimes says to me, like obviously Celtic are going for nine in a row, well ten in a row ultimately. And my dad's been like the past few seasons. My dad's been like, Chloe, you don't know what it's like to be a Celtic fan because you don't know what it's like to lose. Like <laughs> he he grew up in the 90s where it was like dire times. Like you know, it it wasn't great to be a Celtic fan back then because obviously we weren't winning and things but he's just winding me up but it's funny though when that when that does happen though because you look at it and it's just i just like i had a guy asked him the other day what it was who his five would be and grappling off blokes from the 80s and stuff and i'm like dude half mm-hmm. that team was when i was just born i was like two three years old when like, yeah. running around so i didn't see them play <laughs> but, mm-hmm. yeah, it's exactly like that but Ah, it's good fun though. You've rattled off some good players there, so Yeah. Okay, so what 
are some of the most memorable games that you've seen Celtic play, either live or on TV? And what's so memorable about those games for you? Okay, two seconds. I forgot a player who I absolutely love, and that's Emilio Izaguirre. I love him. Um, But yeah, to answer your next question, my favourite games. I mean, I I would have to throw in, you know, like Celtic Rangers games in there because... For me, they are the ones that I've looked forward to the most. Um, and, yeah, usually the ones that make me the happiest with the result, but that can't be said for some of them. Um, so I think when Dembele scored a hat-trick, that was a great game. Um, and I don't know, like, in any of the... You know, like European nights, Champions League nights, they're they're up there with like my favourite ones to go to. Like regardless of the result, because it's not usually in our favour, but um, they're just like the best in terms of like atmosphere and things after a Celtic Rangers game. Um, and my favourite away day to go to is Hibs, so I like I like going to. Easter Road. I like when we play Hibs. Um, I can't think of like specific games apart from like five one against Rangers, really, or like five one. Which time? <laughs> that is funny. That too. Um, that too. Yeah. So I mean, just with um, you're saying about going to Easter Road, like, what is it as an Australian who hasn't been to a like see Celtic play over in Scotland, yeah. but what's it like going to those away stadiums? Because to me, it's like all our stadiums for our local league over here are shared. So everyone, mm-hmm. you go to the stadiums and whatever, it's the same sort of thing. But what's it like going to say an Easter Road or uh, Tanadice or up to Aberdeen? What are those like? I love it. Like I'm not gonna lie, I've, it's only really been this season that I have I've managed to get to basic yeah every away game this season, um, and I haven't in the past just just because you know like I feel like you need to know the right people to get tickets. You need to have certain you know like client reference things, and it's it's all very confusing. And it's like you know how how do you meet the criteria if you're not allowed to. If you're, if you're not allowed to do the things that, that you need to do to meet the criteria, like it's just annoying. But this season, I was lucky enough to meet a man called Martin via Twitter. He was um, he's friends with you know some of my dad's cousins and things. Um, they know each other just through like the supporters clubs and things like that. And yes, yeah, so I've managed to get to a lot more away games this season, and it's just been great. So Hibs is my favourite to go to just because like obviously I'm I'm in Glasgow like I'm never in Edinburgh so to go there I, it feels it feels more like a day out because you know you, after the game you can put about in Edinburgh for a wee while like see the city that you never really get to see and yeah it's just fun so usually I'll go to the games with like family members so like my wee cousin she's, she's a, a few years younger than me and if we go to like Hibs away, then we'll stay behind and you know like have lunch, have dinner or something, 
and yet it just feels more like a day out whereas the other ones like you know like St Johnson and things it's like you know you're on a bus there you watch the game you're straight on the bus back home um so yeah that's why I like going to Hibs away the most and obviously the ones like Hamilton and Motherwell are just down the road from me as well so it's it's not it doesn't really feel like as much of a day out because that's like local to me type thing so but yeah it's it's good I like I like all of them that's great because yeah look sounds of it like a day out would be the best way to do it rather than going on those yeah. sometimes the bus is the only way you can get a ticket to the away games from what I've heard but mm-hmm. yeah it's um as long as you're happy doing that and you're enjoying it and it makes sense well that's the main thing but yeah it's um good insight there hadn't thought of any of that so it's good to know yeah. All right, so here's my last one I've got for you. That I just wanted to, uh, if there was one player that you have seen play against Celtic, other than Messi or Ronaldo, mm-hmm. that you wish would have signed and played for Celtic, who would that be and why? Oh, that's a hard one. And I deliberately rule out Messi and Ronaldo because that's just too obvious. Yeah, that is obvious. Um, I, I can't. I, I feel like I'm only you a, thinking I'll give you a of players in like, like the Scottish league. No, it doesn't matter. You can say if there's anyone in Scotland that you wish would sign for Celtic, who would it be? If there's anyone you've seen in away in Europe or in Europe on TV, whatever, who would it be? Like. I had a nice one the other day where it was like that someone said uh, they would wish we'd sign Pirlo back in the day. Another one was Del Piero, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I hadn't thought of any of that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Who would it be within Scotland then, if there was anyone? Um, I feel like I, I quite liked John McGinn. He was about to sign for us, and he went he went to Aston Villa, didn't he? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I quite liked him. I like. I would have been happy with that signing. I don't know if I'm the only person, but um. Yeah, I liked him, and I also liked your man that played. He played for Hibs. What What's his name again? Um. Oh, it starts with a key. I forget his name just now. What position? Oh, Cam Berry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I liked him, but... He was the, I, worst, I of the, like the worst of the two strikers that Hibbs had, in my opinion. I would have <laughs> ta- taken Jamie McLaren as an Australian over Flo Cambury any day. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I feel like these are rubbish answers. I need to think of a better answer for this question. It's always a, it's a good laugh here. I'll tell you one for me just to give you some more thinking time then, but one that I always wish, like back in the day, it was when we were, um, I think it was when Ronnie was managing, we were linked with, God, is his name again? Here's this, so we'd signed Virgil, and then there was another mm-hmm. centre-back that we linked with from over in Groningen as well. And I can't remember the guy's name, but I wish we had assigned both of them. So we had Virgil and his partner there at the time. Mm-hmm. However, I also wish that we did sign Denia on a permanent 
you know, how he was playing alongside Virgil. They were ones that I wish that we'd that signed on a permanent. But then ones who didn't play for Celtic, I always wish that um, back in the day when you had, like, the, the Leeds team in the early early 2000s, you had the young striker, um, Alan Smith, who was there. I always rated him and wished we'd signed him. Or mm-hmm. even a, um, even Ian Hart, who was at Leeds as well as a defender. They were guys that I thought would have fit in perfect. Yeah. What about, like, imagine, like, David Beckham or something. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a funny response to that. If, if I walked into a room and uh-huh. you had him talking with his accent and then you had yeah. Bruni talking at full full Bruni pace yeah. and I walked in there, I'd just walk straight back out of the room not understanding a single word that was said. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's, uh, that, that would be something like that would have been great as well, but... Yeah, we even had a guy down here at Melbourne, Melbourne Victory in the A-League last year, Keskoi Honda, the Japanese guy. Once Nakamura left, I always thought we should have got another Japanese or Korean guy into the team because not only is it good for the branding of the club, but Honda was always someone that I wish we had assigned, but then he ended up at AC Milan instead. So, yeah. It's, yeah. Since we're, uh, I've stumped you a bit with that last question there, Chloe, I just want to say thanks again for your time and having a chat with me. Um, I hope this has filled the void a little bit of there being no Celtic games for the time being. Uh, if you want to have a chat again at any point, whether it's on another podcast or whatever down the track once the games come back on or whatever, I'm more than happy to. So thanks again, yeah. and everyone, um, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, thank you.